welcome to Mr. Biz Radio, biz talk for biz owners. During the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a leading business advisor and two-time best-selling author, will cover topics that will help business owners run their companies more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And we have a treat for you this week. And I know I, I try not to overuse that, but I, I say treat in, in quotation marks. So there, there is a pun involved with that uh, to some extent. So our guest this week is the, I'm sure you guys will be at least familiar with part of his resume. Um, he is the creator of a little show that you may have seen one or a hundred episodes of, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Um, for those of you based in Columbus, Ohio, where producer Alan and I are, um, they've been here a few times. And so, and I won't, my wife, no lie, it is one of her favorite shows. My wife is obsessed with, Mrs. Biz watches either food shows, so Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, Triple D, as Guy Fieri says. Uh, she watches that. She watches uh, Beating, is it Beating Bobby Flay, I think? And then there's I, there's one other one, uh, guys grocery games or something like that. She those three or like a murder mystery 2020 Dateline kind of thing. If, if the TV's on, she's watching one of those types of shows. So um, that being said, and also by the way, our our guest is the author of his most recent book is called Food Americana. That's why I said you have a treat in quotes, pun intended. Uh, our guest this week is Mr. David Page. David, welcome to Mr. Biz Radio. Thanks for having me. I've just been sitting here faking the funk. <laughs> well, don't do that. We we don't allow faking the funk, David. Okay. No 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 fake funk. It's still it's still a joy to be here. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. Um, so, gosh, I don't even know where to get started here. I guess let's let's start with um, let's start with sort of your journey, right? So you you went from a couple of decades as a as a TV journalist. Then obviously moved to into food television, and now you're writing books. So, so walk us through that journey, if you would, David. Well, it's all journalism. It's all, it's all storytelling, and uh, I've been in TV mostly for the better part of half a century. And and in that part of journalism, you're you're known as whatever you were last. I've been an investigative journalist. I've I've been a lifestyle journalist. I've been a foreign journalist. I spent much of my career overseas during some of the most important events of the 20th century. I walked through the Berlin Wall the night that it opened. Oh, it, wow. it, it's all the same path, but along the way, the, the kind of journalism you're focusing on changes depending upon any number of factors. And, and often it changes simply because of luck or, or happenstance. I ended up as a food journalist uh, because uh, that's the path that, that opened to me when, when I needed something to do. After decades as a pretty straight news journalist, which had included a number of years overseas, then a number of years as a show producer at both NBC News and ABC News, I went out on my own, uh, opened my own production company, which really is shorthand for decided not to have any regular income stream. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that basically uh, turned into no regular income stream pretty quickly. And I was looking around for a way to feed my family 
And I called a friend of mine who, in addition to his network job, had opened a production company of his own. That was Al Roker. When I ran the Weekend Today show and Al was not yet on the main show, he worked for me. So I called him up and said, uh, hey, I opened a production company. He said, how's it going? I said, lousy. I'm starving. Got any work? <laughs> And he said, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm doing a fair amount of work for the Food Network. Would you like to take some of it on? So I said, sure. And, and it was with that completely accidentally momentous decision that I became a food journalist. I did a number of things for Al and then attempted to move on to doing business directly with the network myself, which was a resounding failure. I would continue to call a particularly kind executive at the network and say, hey, here's an idea. And she would say, no, thank you. And I'd call and she'd take the call and say, no, thank you. Finally, on you know what must have been my 500th call, she said to me, don't, don't you have anything else about diners? I had done a, a documentary on diners um, for Al. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm developing a show called Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. And she said, well, that sounds interesting. Have a write-up on my desk Monday. We have a development meeting Tuesday. Uh, this was either late Thursday or late Friday. I, I put the phone down, and I, on the one hand, was ecstatic because they were finally interested in something. On the other hand, I, I did not have a show called Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives that I was developing. <laughs> I had just pulled the name out of either thin air or a body part, depending upon how <laughs> scatological you want the story to be. And I had basically two or three days to come up with that show. So I, back in those days, there was this thing called the telephone that you used to use to actually speak to other people. So I, I used that thing called the telephone and I made a bunch of calls around the country. And I wrote up a proposal for a one hour special uh, delivered it on Monday, and shortly thereafter, they they picked up a one-hour show for one airing. And then uh, from there, right? Obviously, it went well. Yeah, no, it was, it, again, it, television's a, a funny business because William Goldman, one of the greatest screenwriters in film history, has had a rule in one of his books. Goldman's Rule of Hollywood was no one knows anything. The, the reason this became a success was because no one knows anything. What, what happened was the network had been hoping to use this to keep Guy's face in front of the public while they had a major production company come up with uh, a one-hour, uh, I'm sorry, a, a primetime regular series for him mm -hmm. that, that could run every week. Unfortunately for them, when they got the proposals from the big boy companies, they didn't like them. And the only thing they had kicking around was this diners thing. So uh, warning me that they did not think the show would have uh, legs, that there were not that many places in America that would qualify, they picked it up for a short first season. Uh, I did the first 11 seasons. It's in season 30-something now. I think it's fair to call it the most successful show in Food Network history. So I'm, I'm glad nobody knew anything. Well, no kidding. I mean, but you know what, though? Here's what I, I hear from throughout your, your story, your journey, David, is it's, it's something we hear often with our guests in their entrepreneur journey. Even though yours wasn't, you know, start a business here, start a business there, 
you had many of the same uh, challenges slash trappings, if you will, of, of many people who start their own business, right? You struck out on your own, um, had some successes, had some failures along the way, had plenty of failures, it sounds like, and just like we all do. And so I think, you know, it's, it's an interesting spin on an entrepreneurial journey that's, you know, kind of a different path than we usually hear. So I, I think it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. So again, this week we've been talking with Mr. David Page, who is the creator of Diners, Drivers and Dives, and the author of a book called Food Americana, which you can find on Amazon. And I got my own copy of it about a week ago. I'll be honest, I haven't read the entire thing, but I did skim through it as I was um, doing some uh, prep work for the show. Um, it's a very interesting thing, not just because Mrs. Biz likes all the food shows, but it's a very interesting read. I would uh, definitely encourage you to go check that out again. Food Americana on Amazon. We're going to hit a break here, come back and give the Mr. Biz tip of the week on Mr. Biz Radio. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit checkoffyourlist.com to learn how Check Off Your List skilled team can handle your day-to-day -day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. Check out both of Mr. Biz's national best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show, and it's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week, and this week's tip is short and simple. No one shrinks their way to financial success, and this goes uh, in a lot of different angles, from a lot of different angles, I should say. Anyone who's thinking, you know, especially with COVID, and a lot of businesses were hit pretty hard by that struggling. Um, you know, I, I encourage a lot of my clients and thankfully we had, were able to have a lot of success. My clients all made it through. Um, some of them had even record years um, during COVID last year and, and, and are positioned and, and having record years on pace to have a record year again this year. So the, the, the net message is, you know, you really have to think hard about when you have, when you're pulling back the reins, I know sometimes it's absolutely necessary, but you, as we've talked about on the show many times, be careful about where you pull back the reins. You don't want to choke off the the pipeline that you have uh, in develop development, whether, whether that be sales, um, future opportunities, et cetera. So you have to be very careful. A lot of people just really kind of crawl into the fetal position and pull back the reins, and and uh, that ends up being a very detrimental thing in the in the past. And and then on the by the same token, when things are going well, sorry about that. I'm getting tongue tied here. I'm getting so excited about this. When things are going well, you really have to put not just one foot, but two feet on the gas pedal. Really, really push it. Take advantage of those times when things are robust. Continue to grow your business um, because, again, no one shrinks their way to financial success. So that is Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And uh, let's get back into talking to Mr. David Page. I know we left off talking about um, you know your journey through uh, all facets of journalism as it was and creating diners, drivers, and dives. And um, so I guess... I, I can't let you go. Uh, we can't fall off that topic without um, you got to give us at least one kind of funny 
behind the scenes triple D uh, a story for us, David? Uh, sure. Right. Uh, right from the start. Uh, I didn't know Guy. Uh, he was given to me by the network, <laughs> having won their Food Network Star Contest. And when I when I first saw him, uh, you know, I was expecting a TV food host. And what I got was a spiky haired, overgrown child in short pants. Uh, and that's what I thought I got. Now, once I got into the field with him and we started shooting the pilot, I realized he was a very special talent. But uh, that, that followed uh, my initial feeling being I'm screwed. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we went on the road. And, and Guy very much is a product of the West Coast, as in he really didn't know what an East Coast diner per se was when we started. The, the West Coast equivalent might have been a coffee shop. But, but this whole East Coast diner thing, and he's a quick study, he picked it up in about 10 seconds, but, but it, it was a revelation. And as we began shooting the pilot, we went to a place in New Jersey across from a petroleum refinery in Linden, New Jersey, the Bayway Diner, that was as caricatured a diner and a New Jersey event as you could get. And we had guy behind the counter and he was interacting with customers and calling up orders and making uh, some jokes that no one was laughing at because they were about the mafia. And I finally <laughs> had to pull guy out from behind the counter, walk outside with him and put my arm around him and say, guy, you know, all those jokes you're making, they ain't funny here. <laughs> the guy at the end of the counter is actually packing. So, why don't we turn in a different direction? And that was Guy's first introduction to the New Jersey diner. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can see. I mean, you could you could tell, um, and I'm, I'm sure, especially early on when he was, you know, really trying to get his his feet established in the industry, uh, he's probably trying really hard to be funny. And so, I, I mean, that's that's a good one. I, I appreciate that, and I could absolutely see that with his personality. Oh yeah, how, how that could come come across. And, uh, you know, how he's probably thinking, gosh, well, these are funny jokes. People on the yeah, West well, Coast look, laugh about this. <laughs> I live in Jersey. I know Jersey. Don't do that in Jersey. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess let's transition a little bit, David. What what led you? So we, we talked about your journey and everything. And now I mentioned that you're the author of your most recent book, Food Americana. What what drove you to write that, write that book? Years of thinking about writing a book, among other things. I, most TV producers, people don't realize pro writing for television is a unique kind of writing that on the one hand is very fulfilling. On the other hand, can drive you crazy for the following reason. When you write for nonfiction narrative television, you're basically looking for your words to do as little damage as possible as they quietly and surreptitiously slide the viewer from one event occurring in picture and sound to the next event occurring in picture and sound. You are writing to maximize the viewers grabbing onto, embracing an event 
in which he or she uh, can be enveloped. You don't get to sit down and write, it was a dark and stormy night, and then Oedipus killed his father. <laughs> There's no direct storytelling if you're doing it well. And on the one hand, uh, I'm very proud of, of the specific skills it takes to make television and the degree to which there's a kind of filmmaking involved. On the other hand, anyone who's written for television for a long time, deep inside them, wants to just sit down one day at a keyboard and say, here's my damn story, damn it, <laughs> and write it. Secondarily, you have a freedom in, in writing without pictures and sounds that you don't have when you're making television in terms of how deep into detail you can go, whether there is something that needs to be repeated for the viewer, you can repeat it, or frankly, you can assume that the viewer will get to the end of the sentence and say, I want to read that again. It's a completely different kind of journalism with words. And after years of thinking about it, and after stockpiling a whole lot of facts and even more than that, impressions worth retelling, I looked at myself one day and said, well, uh, I'm not getting any younger. Let's write that damn book. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where a lot of people uh, get to at some point. Um, I know I never had a plan of writing a book and, and I've written a couple now. And um, yeah, you know, you bring up a great point, though, David, I never really thought about the dichotomy between the two in that, you know, to your point with writing for television, you've got, you know, you have the pictures to do a lot of the speaking for you and with a book. But they also can constrain what can you can then speak about. Sure. Yeah. If I yeah. can't show it to you, I can't discuss it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be, oh my gosh, I never even really thought about that. That would be, especially for myself, again, I've only written two books, but I can't even imagine trying to write for television based on that because I'm, I guess I'm so used to the other way. So the fact that you were able to successfully make that transition from writing for television to writing a book is uh, is pretty pretty monumental. So congrats on that. Thank you. I, I think the one th I think it's easier in that direction than the other because in in writing a book, basically you end up describing what you're used to describing through picture and sound. So you're still telling that same story. Mm -hmm. You're just getting to tell it. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, again, this week we're talking with Mr. David Page. We're going to hit a break, and we're going to dive into some more talking about the future of restaurants, the most popular style of pizza. So stay tuned. Are you ready to automate your business? Automation is the key to scaling a business and building wealth. It's also one of the most difficult things for a small business owner to do on their own. If you're looking for help with automation, Pulse Technology CRM can help. We have an exclusive offer for Mr. Biz Nation. We will build everything for free, even if it's a sophisticated funnel. Visit thepulsespot.com forward slash Mr. Biz for this exclusive offer. If you find listening to Mr. Biz Radio is helpful, imagine having live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also five other trusted business experts. It's true. You can have live access to your very own CFO, plus a business attorney, a website and digital marketing expert, a sales and growth guru, a financing professional, and a customer experience master. Visit MrBizSolutions.com to learn more. 
Join Mr. Biz Nation at MrBizSolutions.com. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. And I do want to mention once again, you can find out more about David's David's most recent book here, Food Americana, and find out at Amazon. Again, I, I would suggest you go out, especially, man, if you like watching any of these food shows, I promise you will love the book. Uh, my, we, I was just recently, me and Mrs. Biz were... Um, on a little bit of business slash vacation uh, down in Florida. And I, I, I took the book with me in anticipation of interviewing David. And uh, she saw that I had it. And my my wife is not a reader whatsoever, but she picked it up one day I, when I had business almost all day, I got back and uh, she had made it like a quarter of the way through the book. She said, this is really good. I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, if it got you to read, that's like a miracle. So so David, I, I do want to I do want to say you, you definitely captured her interest. And she still has the book, as a matter of fact, with her. And she's been chipping away. And again, my wife never reads. She is not a reader whatsoever. So um, I think her love of uh food television and, and the quality of your book uh, speaks for itself. So um that I, means- I will gladly accept the Mrs. Mrs. Biz seal of approval at any time. <laughs> yes, she she definitely approves of it. Um, so, look, there were a lot of changes, obviously, that happened in the food industry, uh, specifically with restaurants um, when COVID hit. Um, a lot of changes, a lot of pivoting, a lot of adapting and things like that. So, you know, how do you see that, David? What, are, what, what do you see as the future of restaurants? I see changes that were forced on the industry because of covid becoming a standard part of the restaurant experience, specifically the number of meals eaten in restaurants versus the number of meals taken away, delivered, or picked up curbside is going to remain depressed from pre-COVID. The concept of delivery, the concept of takeaway, the concept of not eating at the restaurant is going to be with us relatively permanently. Not at the level it was during the height of the COVID pandemic, but it will remain elevated. And the industry is in fact reacting to that by adding drive-throughs to restaurants that never had them, by creating drive-through only versions of certain restaurants. There's a hot dog chain in Chicago called Portillo's that has just unveiled a takeout only three uh, lane drive through concept that that's going to be with us for for quite a while i also think and i'm not sure this is such a good idea the ghost kitchen which entirely does away with a brick and mortar restaurant and replaces it with a virtual brand that is only deliverable, not even uh, able to be picked up anywhere. I think you're you're going to see a continuing increase in that. It had started to some extent before COVID. It's bad news for anyone, well, virtually anyone who works in the restaurant business because it does away with a tremendous uh, tranche of personnel and uh it puts a whole bunch of kitchens for different concepts in the same place, thus maximizing efficiency, but again, reducing the number of people actually employed in the restaurant business. 
I don't think that's a good thing personally, but uh, I think it's it's inevitably here. Yeah, I agree. So I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, I guess um, along those fronts, uh, you know, I, I'd been thinking about this as well because I, I work with some some restaurants and some um, some food industry, I guess, uh, businesses. What are your thoughts on uh, what, how would the impact be on more upscale restaurants? The 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 not necessarily Michelin star or, uh, rated restaurants, not high level, but not not your middle of the road type restaurants either. But the more expensive plates, um, do you think they'll be impacted in the same way, or do you think they'll have a little bit more staying power? No, I think well, it depends on what level you're talking about. At the very highest level something obscene was just reported, which is that Per Se and Masa, two of the, I think, five Michelin three-star restaurants in New York City, have just upped their top price for their tasting menu to 800 bucks because the richest of the rich are going to come out of the pandemic where they made a whole lot of money, reminding us that they're super duper wonderful and they can afford things we cannot. Personally, while I have paid a lot of money for a meal, the concept of charging me 800 bucks to eat sushi at Masa uh, is virtually criminal. Yeah. Below that level, I think the um, upper end restaurant for people who are willing to spend more than $100 a person uh, is going to be fine because mm -hmm. again, and this gets into personal opinions of the American social structure at the moment, you can't lose money betting that people with money want to show off the fact that they have money. Absolutely. So I, I think that level of restaurant is, is, is going to be fine. I think the real damage has been done to the most important restaurants in our country the mom and pops where individual people making minimal margin are pouring their, their hearts and souls into what really is the hospitality industry, making people good food that makes them happy. And the restaurants that have disappeared during the pandemic never to return I am guessing are uh, to a great extent mom and pops. Mm -hmm. They had no ability to survive downtimes the way chain restaurants did. And I, I think historically, uh, anthropologically, we're going to look back on this period in time in 20 or 30 years as a terrible, terrible era in the history of American cuisine. Yeah, I would concur. And it's, I, it's funny you mentioned all that because, uh, you know, I, I did a video on this recently as well about uh, the impact on restaurants and literally you and I are absolutely in lockstep sync. So I feel much better now because you're, 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 you're an expert in the industry. I'm, I'm just a business guy. So uh, the fact that we are, our uh, opinions on how things are shaking out and how it will impact uh, over the longer term, we're, we're in lockstep. So I, I feel good about my opinion on that. So um uh, we've only got a couple minutes left here, but I did mention, I did want to mention again, you hear this debate all the time, depends what part of the United States you're in uh, or even what part of the world you're in, but uh, the most popular style of pizza in your expert opinion and in your experience, what is the most popular style of pizza, David? 
well, this is going to bore the hell out of you. <laughs> it's cheese pizza. I mean, <laughs> your basic kind of generic American, almost uh, delivery style crust cheese pizza is, is always going to be number one. And pepperoni is always going to be number two. The, the the one I'm glad to see hanging in there. I mean, I'm looking at one particular online list that 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 then goes to meat lovers and veggie, and and at number six, they list what really is the classic pizza that started it all in America, which is margarita, which is pizza napolitano. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately, I hate to say this, or for some of you, I guess you'll like it. Number 10 on the list is that Hawaiian pizza with pineapple. <laughs> yes. People get very passionate about that. <laughs> yes, it should be a crime. <laughs> I agree. I, I love pineapple and I love pizza, but I do not like pineapple on pizza. I'm, I'm with you for sure on that. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, look, it, as always, time flies by so quickly. So I uh, again, we've been talking this week with David Page, who's the creator of Divers, Drive-Ins and Dives and the author of Food Americana, which you can find on Amazon. David, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It was, uh, it was a pleasure having you. Ken, it was a real pleasure on my part. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm sure you did. Have a great week, and don't forget, as always, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio. To learn how to become part of Mr. Biz Nation, visit MrBizSolutions.com. For access to free weekly content, subscribe to the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and follow him on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. To listen to archive shows, you can find them on the Mr. Biz Solutions website.